0: This week's episode is brought to you by Blue Chew, so let's talk about sex, guys. Shouldn't you always be at your best? 2023 is the year to maximize your performance in the bedroom, so listen up. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in a chewable tablet and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in discreet packages. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. Because whenever the postman knocks at your door, something else knocks at your front door. And today we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code REFIN. That's R-E-F-I-N at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code REFIN to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. BlueChew.com. Chew it and
1: do it. T minus 10 seconds. Get ready, Get ready. ready. for the hottest new podcast in the world from WWE. To TV by way of the nwa it's time for reffing it up with legendary referee brian hepner and guest host mr reffin rant himself jimmy corderas An all new episode starts in this This is reffin it up
0: Welcome back to Reffin' It Up. I am RJ. I am joined by everybody's favorite referees. First and foremost, Mr. and Rant, Mr. and Chef, Mr. Jimmy Corderes. Jimmy, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm
2: hanging in there, you know, uh, doing my thing with this ever-fluctuating weather up here in Toronto. <laughs> oh,
0: joy. I think we got some of that down here, too. I think it's it was like 50-something, it's supposed to be 55-60 tomorrow, and then supposed to be back down to... 30s and snow by the weekend so
2: yeah it's supposed to get oh you're gonna get some rain it's gonna warm up that stuff's gonna melt but you might get some flakes uh on friday and oh my goodness (laughs) like i said here in here in canada we have two seasons winter and construction
0: (laughs) well that that makes sense and the man the myth the legend mr brian hemmer brian what's up bud what's going on boys
1: um I don't envy either one of y'all talking about that weather. I don't understand how you could do that shit. Uh, but guys, it's March Madness. March Madness. And uh, those brackets are a busted, busted, busted. Uh, I think they said it was a record uh, after one day of tournament play. The There was no perfect bracket. Not one. It no, might have been the second no. day. <laughs> but it might have been the second, it... yeah. Uh, either way. Right. Good God. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited about that. I love March Madness. I love it. I, I just I, w- I want to watch every game, and it's on four different channels. And I I literally l- legitimately write down the channels that they're on so I can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, you got, you also, gotta
0: have you gotta have four different TVs then. Yeah, I don't want to waste my money on LG TVs. or or, 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 two, or two different TVs and have the the split screen. Great, man, that, uh, sure, there's a channel out there somewhere you could have it like a grid of them. I don't even know
1: how to operate my phone, RJ, much less <laughs> split screen.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, very, very te- valid. Te- technologically disadvantaged Brian thinks he is. Man, you should not, I, I feel you, bro. Yeah, I, I <laughs>
1: cringe when somebody says, Will you email me? Email you know. Can I put a stamp on it and mail it to you? Yeah.
2: So I still have discussions with people. What is VHS? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. a way I used uh. to watch wrestling back in the day. Yeah. yeah
0: tape yeah tape tape trading is a whole different story i had a buddy that uh a buddy in high school that made killings with that he would actually do the old school way of you'd put the tape over the film when you'd watch a pay-per-view record it and then he'd sell it for like two bucks a pop and you could oh, watch yes. it for like two days oh man but <laughs> he's yeah, probably in I... j- he's probably in jail now but I ended up getting into the business because I used to go to the
2: matches and take pictures with an actual camera and have to take the film to get developed. So what I used to go, there used to be a place up here in Canada called Direct Film where you can double your prints for a dollar, which is what I would do. I'd double my prints for a dollar and I'd keep a set for myself for a souvenir and I'd sell the second set for two bucks a picture at the next show until I got caught doing it, which is uh, I found out not quite uh, legal. And uh <laughs> but actually got me got my foot in the door because I got caught by the guy who took pictures for the for the promotion up here.
0: Oh, Jimmy,
2: you Jimmy, you did that. Yeah, you of all people, you, I didn't think you did any wrong. What? Oh, not that I didn't do wrong. At the time, I didn't <laughs> think it was that big a deal. <laughs>
1: you know, it's yeah, well, so okay, Jim. <laughs>
0: well, it's something that has. Ben Wright has been our first count of each episode. So let's send it up to it right now. This is your one count. This past week, we saw the reemergence of the AEW house show outside of Jacksonville, Florida and Daly's place. Uh, they traveled up to Troy, Ohio. Um, I actually had to Google it to make sure it was actually a city in Ohio. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was interesting to see a lot of it. Uh, you know, Jeff Jarrett was wrestling there. Um, some hits and misses. We you know, we saw a lot of video coming from it. I'm sure if you see it on the Internet, it's got to be true. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, Jimmy, I, mm-hmm. what did you think of it? You've heard probably some mm-hmm. grumblings about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Saw a little bit of footage. What did you think of it?
2: Yeah, uh, It's a good idea in principle. You know, like going on the road and doing live events and, and going out to – Basically, cities and territory parts of the country that you wouldn't go to for TV, because TV has to be, after all, it is the wrestling business and TV. You have to generate revenue. So the the place, if I'm not mistaken, in Troy that they ran the house show was roughly three thousand mm-hmm. attendance, give or take. You yeah. know, which isn't, yeah, give or take, which isn't. You know, if you think about it, it isn't a huge number, and it, it's very interesting. I'm curious to see how much money they could possibly make out, off of something like this, especially considering how big of a card it was and how much talent they had on there and some of the names that were on the talent. But then again, there were some names on the card that you said, well, oh, you don't even get to see them on TV. So, <laughs> you know,
0: it right. was a little I- bit
2: of a little bit of a this and a little bit of that, but I didn't get to sit down and watch the show. So, you know, I, I, it is what well, it maybe,
1: is. Well, maybe because I've been working with Jeff Jarrett so long. Um, I think how shows are absolutely a must for a, a, a company I do I think that touring and showing these smaller cities like Troy Ohio uh what AEW is all about uh it, from what I was told it was a 3300 um 3300 legit sellout uh which is you know really good I mean if you think about it too Jimmy there's 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 my, not much production cost there you know with the you know no stage no ramp no pyro none of that stuff so, you know, I, I'm thinking that with the price of tickets that I saw, I'm sure they did okay. I'm not saying that they mm-hmm. made a t- pile of money, but mm-hmm. they got their name out there more. Uh, they got the truck out there with all the faces on it, stuff like that. As far as the show went, I, you know, mixed emotions on it. Like y'all said, I heard some people say it was good. Some weren't. I know they used a couple locals as wrestlers for some matches. So you paid them pennies. Um, I don't even know what referees they used. As a matter of fact, I don't know if there was their own or they use locals. I don't even know. Cause I didn't see any video where there was their own. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I missed I,
0: it. I did see Aubrey there. So I'm assuming they probably used uh, a few, probably Aubrey. And I, I honestly, right. they probably used my guess is they probably used two, and then just split them up between the two of them. They used Aubrey. And I believe Bryce is semi-local. He's out of Pennsylvania. Right. So I would assume he, it would be an easy drive for him to, over to Troy. <laughs> Or whatnot but uh but yeah it was it's was interesting to see a lot of people's you know views of the show as well as the takes you know shockingly john moxley bled out a house show um no so, yeah i know really <laughs> yeah and the grass is green and the sky is blue and yeah yeah anyways yeah. uh i think I, I agree with you too brian that i think the house shows at this point is a must not a must, but a good idea to get the name out there once again to a lot of these markets that, like you said, normally they don't go to for TV, you know, your Troy's and a lot of the, you know, the Northern cities. Well,
2: well, sorry, Brian. No,
0: you're good, buddy.
2: Go ahead. No, no. no, See, and that was, uh, again, not trying to do the comparison to the other guys kind of thing, but at the same time, because Brian knows as well as I know that, That was the bread and butter. Your TV was there to attract an audience to draw people into your house show business to get you know put asses in seats, so to speak. So, and and that's what television used to be for. Now, you know, you're making revenue off television uh, stations, like for example, from TBS, from uh, Turner Broadcasting, from NBC Universal, from Fox TV. So, uh, the business has changed in that aspect, but still. The bread and butter of this industry is the house show business to get people into the building and get butts and seats.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I agree. And and the last thing I want to say is uh, think about their last transaction of hiring um, or latest would be Jeff Jarrett. And I can tell you, he's a big proprietor of house shows. He really believes in them. And believe me, when you add up what you do with like they they did this building for thirty three hundred people, legit sellout ticket prices weren't cheap. The merch is not even included in that. Uh, you know, you can really, really rack up some numbers. I know that for a while, that just our merch department, when I was with TNA, was carrying these house shows to making, uh, you know, red numbers. You know what I mean? Uh, not red. Um, I don't know. I just think that they they know what they're doing. They they got a guy named Raphael that's 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 uh, booking their towns, mm-hmm. uh, as me Raphael and House uh, Snow would say, making the towns. <laughs> uh But it's it's legit, you know. What I mean, so I think that they're going into it smart. They're attacking the market. Raphael is one of the best when it comes to that. uh He once worked for WWE for many, 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 many years, so the guy knows what he's doing. So you're going to go to a Troy. The, the building probably costs nothing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know. And and I think it's good. I think it's good, and I think Jeff's very smart to start the way he's doing it. And I know he's in charge of it, so. I think they're doing good, man. I think, uh, you know, that that's going to be a good, good uh, extra bit of revenue for them, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, that and they, you know, they polish, polish off some of their talent, too, as far as, you know, practice this, practice that. See if this works during the house shows. We'll try it on TV and and it might and it probably will benefit them. So they don't have to go into the TV uh, for better use of terms, dark and try no, it no. on
2: TV. You're absolutely right because one of the things is to get in repetitions in the ring in front of a live audience. It's one thing to go say, Hey, we could do this in the, in, in the gym and practice it. But until you do it out there and get repetitions in, in front of a live audience and see what kind of reaction it generates, you don't know. It, it, it may right. sound good on paper, you know, like, Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Let's try it in front of a live audience and see how they react. And if you get the reaction you want, they say, there you go. We're going to do this on TV. And if it doesn't, oh, okay, let's try something else tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, for sure. And Jimmy, as you know, for a long time on SmackDown, uh, when we were both on it, which was mo- most of our careers, um, mm-hmm. they would do house shows and know, and bring those OVW boys up to get those boys polished. And we would also take our pay-per-view matches and actually give them away on these house shows and not advertise them and let them work their kinks out to where the, the pay-per-view was just off the chain. These guys had had, what, two or three weeks to work together. You know what I mean? So it's 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 a good thing. It is. It's a good thing. And I'm, I'm actually glad AEW is going to have this, uh, you know, house show business because it's going to make it better, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And contrary to popular opinion, you know, sometimes we do critique a little bit uh, and in some people's eyes nitpicky with AEW. But we, we do it not because we're trying to tear it down. We want it to be better. Because we love this business and we want to see the business grow and we want to see AEW grow, so that's why we critique. We critique uh, to help tighten screws, as Ray says. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, speaking of tighten screws, uh, I, I know a lot of people. If you follow any follow Rhea Ripley on on the old Twitter gimmick, there saw an interesting post she had this past week about a certain we say group of fans, not one specific, but. Uh basically we saw it with ray before i think we've talked about it on the show as well where fans are a little let's say rambunctious when they want certain things signed uh basically you got johnny come lately over here that wants everything and they his mother signed pretty much to put them up on ebay or whatever uh and she called him out on it uh justified or not you know it's up to speculation but brian it's something that you probably saw fly or traveling with the uh, wwe tna for as long as you did what do you what did you think about this
1: i just think that there's certain points to where it becomes overboard you know if you want to autograph you know that's fine you know if you want to bring your own gimmicks and bullshit to sell you're kind of disrespecting the person you're asking to actually give the autograph. Um, But you know, it's also part of the job, you know what I mean? So it, it, there, I'm kind of split because there's certain ways you can handle things. And there's certain things you can do as a fan as well. I, you know, I just think that if you're going to be a fan, be a respectful fan. And as you would ask the talent to be to you. So I don't know, Jimmy. It just you know, we have seen this over and over throughout the years. And and it it does infuriate the talent, and and I get it. But what was the end result though? Did she say anything to them nasty while they were there? Or is this something that she just went ahead and did and then complained about it on Twitter after?
0: I, I think she pretty much she signed whatever the guy wanted or what have you, but then afterwards she said, Okay, from now on. It's going to be pictures and one thing and then I'm done because I'm sure this isn't the first time she's seen it either. I'm sure this has happened mm-hmm. multiple times uh, that this sort of thing has happened. So I think she just basically put everything on, on notice. Of, hey, you guys better, you know, shape up.
2: Yeah, no, I, I hear what she's saying. And at the same time, I, I hear what Brian is saying, too. And he said an interesting word, respect. There's a respectful way to approach talent and 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 celebrities for that matter, people who 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 are famous that you're looking for an autograph or some kind of. Can hey, do you mind if I take a picture with you? Whatever the case may be, there's a difference between being a respectful fan looking for something like that and coming off like a stalker, following mm-hmm. somebody through an airport, following them to their car. You know, and and there's. There's people out there that say, hey, you know what? They know what they signed up for when they got into this business, but it doesn't mean that they have to put up with disrespectful people who are looking like, like you said, RJ, someone who's trying to make a buck off of you yeah. by having you sign certain you know, articles that they want to resell. Come on, man. And as someone who used to sell pictures back in the day, they were pictures I took. Well, listen to this, there, too. There were, yeah. Here, here's another thing, though.
1: I mean, and I will say this, and this is just a fact. You know, you got somebody following you around through an airport to your car. That's kind of scary, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a crazy world of people. I'm sorry, but people nowadays are fucked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know what they've got. You don't know what they're going to do. And we, I don't know about you guys, but I watch the news, okay? And I see the crazy shit that goes on that people do around the country. It's crazy. So it's also very intimidating at this point in time in life. You know what I mean? So, you know, and then you're going to follow someone around and then give them a bunch of shit that you want to sell, basically, because she knew what was going on. And Jimmy, I'm I'm glad you touched on it just like I did and reiterated it. It's about respect and respect is not stalking somebody through an airport, Mm -hmm. you know. But, Mm -hmm. hey, it is kind of what you sign up for, though, when you're in this business.
0: Yeah, no doubt, to a certain extent, of course um, And something else that a lot of people have been signing up for Is this Hall of Fame class that's going into the WWE uh, We have somebody going into the celebrity wing, uh, Andy Kaufman um, mm-hmm. This is somebody that, uh, for those of you, if you don't know who he is, Google him uh, I've I I've gone back and watched a lot of his stuff with Jerry Lawler Since that um, it happened before I was born, so I can't really watch mm-hmm. it anyways uh jimmy uh <laughs> <laughs> you talked about this like that. the way didn't you um <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah you, you, t- you talked about this briefly um on the uh, wrestling inc show last night uh, mm-hmm. with andy coffin dude he was uh how would, cross-branding before cross-branding was cool
2: yeah here here's a guy who understood what this business was about he was a big fan of wrestling to begin with, and he understood the logic behind wrestling fans as him being an outsider, trying to infiltrate their business, and he understood how to be a heel and generate heat. And when he did that stuff in in Memphis, in, in uh, Tennessee, with Lawler in, in, in their territory, this was like the pre-WrestleMania days, pre, uh, pre-Mike Tyson and all this stuff. He got it. He understood it. And boy, did they generate a lot of business. And again, it, there's that word again, business. This is the wrestling business. They generated tons of money. And Jerry Lawler was the big beneficiary of Andy Kaufman's love for this business and his understanding of this business and how to be a great heel. And people will say, well, he's never been in the WWE doing anything. He didn't do anything back in the day. This was before this and that. Yes, but he was a big predecessor and... and Uh, a a launching pad for other celebrities to get involved in this business, which WWE definitely took advantage of
1: later on. So with that being said, I want to ask you, Jimmy, um, because you know much more about this. It sounds like to me, because I'll be honest, I I don't know a lot. I know, you know, the, the story behind the Jared King Lawler and uh, Kaufman, but so are you saying that He's a Hall of Famer. This is a like this is something that should be done for him.
2: Yeah, why not? I mean, I'm surprised that it is WWE because usually they only, uh, you know, handle people who they've dealt with in their company in the past. I mean, I mean this year we're getting Muda going in, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. So maybe that door or that curtain has been pulled back a little bit to allow for others to come in because there's rumors of possibly other people being inducted into the Hall of Fame as well which we'll probably touch on later, but mm-hmm. um, Andy Kaufman was the guy who was the launching pad for getting celebrities to get, kind of making it okay with them because some in some celebrities' minds, they were thinking back in the day, you know, wrestling's cool. I kind of like it, but I, uh, KFA brother, I can't, you know <laughs> you know what I mean? It was kind of like they didn't want to get out there that they were big wrestling fans, uh, but there were some guys who, who were, like uh, Michael Clark Duncan back in the day green mile was a huge wrestling fan and you know i got to meet him and stuff like that which is so cool and and and, but again going back to andy kaufman which is the the subject we're talking about right now he was kind of like the launching pad who said uh, who made people celebrities in in hollywood go hey you know what maybe there is something here at least for some of them
1: and jimmy it's okay for you to get off subject it's a we we don't have a structure show here
2: I know, and of course, (laughs) being of the DNA that I am, I will go off topic every once in a while.
0: (laughs) Every once in a while. Uh, Speaking of going off topic, you brought it up, Jimmy. Uh, PW Insider reported, I want to say maybe yesterday or the day before, WWE is rumored to be inducting a referee into the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people have speculated. Uh, Jimmy, you touched on this briefly as well. Uh, polls have been out there. Okay. Is it David and Earl Hebner? Is it Jimmy Corderas? Is it Mike Yoda? Is it Timmy White? It could be anybody, right?
2: <laughs> well, it could be anybody, but whoever it is must've been contacted by now. Yeah. I would have to assume. So, uh, I could, I could say that it is not yours truly. So, um, ah. but I'm just happy that it, the referee is finally being recognized for the hall of fame. And yes, as much as I say that the referee should, should be, you know, not as prominent in, in a match where he takes away from the match. He's the guy that helps the talent tell their story without being a diversion from the story, without being a, a focal point, unless there's a spot or, or an angle that involves them. Other than that, the referee is helping the talent tell their story and a good referee goes unnoticed doing so. And that's what this all of fame should be about looking forward to who it's going. If it is true, like right now, it's just a rumor, right? We haven't heard anybody's name be, as a, as an induction, but you mentioned a couple there, Dave and Earl, one a and one B would be the first would be a great first in induction as a, as a referee, uh, Timmy white, of course, there are others. Like, uh, you look back at Tommy Young's and, and, and so forth. There's so, lot and you know, forgive me if I'm leaving out a bunch, because there are a lot of great referees, but there are also some that uh, you may want to uh, not even think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. X, X name brother. X name. <laughs> well,
1: well. In case case you guys didn't know, my 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 father is Earl Hebner. Uh <laughs> Wait, what? I have a little. I have, I have a little inside scoop, but I'm not. I'm not going to share it here. Okay. Uh, that that just can't do that. I don't want to ruin things for people. Uh, but whoever this referee is, thank God that it's finally being done. I don't give a shit who it is, really, to be honest with you. And whoever it is, I'm going to be so, so happy for. I really, really am. It's long overdue and it should have been done years ago. Uh, so hats off to whoever that is. Once again, it's rumor. We don't know. But some of us might have an idea, put it that way.
0: And you'll you'll just have to follow it to to find out. Uh it's yeah, something surprises are nice. Well, exactly. Why do you have to know? Yeah. You know? I don't want I'll to. I'll tell know, you all you. off
1: air. I'll tell you off air. I, I won't be able to hold it.
0: I I well, <laughs> I got I got I got uh I've had a couple concussions, so I can't remember much of anything anymore, anyway. So uh you <laughs> but some mm. yeah, yeah, believe it or not, I know. Just like you, like your dad and your uncle, or Earl and Dave Hebner, I, I've had concussions, believe it or not. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, okay. something that something that hasn't been getting concussed is our ref and review. So let's send it up there.
2: This is, is Ref
0: and Review. All right, everybody. We have one topic I really wanted to get to this week. Plus, we have a guest. We want to get in here very quickly, so we'll try to make it easy and quick as possible. Um, Last week, gentlemen, we saw a lot going on with AEW Dynamite. I'll uh, open the floor to you guys because I know we talked about it briefly. So, uh, Brian, you know, the floor is yours. And start start with the rant and then end with the uh, the Mr. Nice Guy over here, Mr. Jimmy.
1: Well, (laughs) I'm going to be – I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood tonight. Okay. Yeah, I am. Um, And you said we'll go through this quickly. That's really hard to do with uh, some of the times with the shit that I see. But anyway, oh, boy. Uh, So we saw a spot. RJ, I would like you to explain the spot because you do a good job of doing that better than me. Okay. I like to rant about it.
0: I'll, I'll I'll tee it up for you. So last week on AEW Dynamite during the Orange Cassidy and Jeff Jarrett title match, um, we saw, I believe it was Bryce Remsburg take a rough bump. And the uh, favorite ref of this show, Miss Aubrey Edwards, runs down and injects herself into the match and basically rips the guitar out of... Uh, Jarrett's hands and basically shoves him off and and goes from there and throws him throws him out. So,
1: okay, Um, there's the setup. So first thing I want to say, okay, and I'm just going to do this as nice as possible. Does AEW think that this chick's going to sell fucking tickets for them? Because I don't know what this does for a product. I don't know what this does for that match. And why is she doing it when she's not even the, the the legal ref? And what purpose did it serve? And how did it help this match? It didn't. It didn't do a fucking thing for that match. Nothing. Not one. And it didn't even make sense. I won't even get into the ref bump portion. Uh, but, but, golly, what are they thinking? And then, oh, my God. I, I'm i going to be easy. I'm going to be easy. <laughs> it was it was you don't skits. have to sweat. It was the sweat. <laughs> Sweat, sweat, shits. Uh, (laughs) It was these shits, okay, and it had no purpose in this match. I'll leave it at that, Jimmy, because I don't want I said I was in a good mood, I want to stay in that mood. Um, I'll let you go first or last. Finish this up, please. No,
2: I appreciate it. I'm I'm in a good mood too, and I'm going to stay in a good mood, but at the same time, like you said, Brian, it served no purpose. And here's the other thing, too. I'm going to correct you, RJ. You said that Aubrey came running down, she did not come running down, she came like strutting almost like uh, the Vince McMahon walk. You know what I mean? There was no purpose. And here's if you're going to do ref bumps and have a ref come in, then every time you have... Every match in AEW seems to have a ref distraction. How come there isn't referees coming out and saying, hey, 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 hey. You know what I mean? So, uh, yes, you know, having a ref bump occasionally, I I, I was fine with the ref bump. I I didn't have an issue with that. But having Aubrey come out kind of ruined everything because there have been ref bumps in the past where the referee doesn't come. Another referee doesn't come up. So what? She just happened to notice it on the monitor. You have Mm -hmm. to be consistent consistency. You know what I
1: mean? One more thing, one more thing, and then I'll be done. (laughs) (coughs) Maybe. Um, Just like you said, Jimmy, she didn't come running out as a ref would do. That's concerned about what's going on in the match showing that, She's trying to do something to help this match because she's concerned with a nice dive in and all that stuff. Like you said, I just, man, I just can't understand what they're trying to build. And uh, there better be a story at the end of this or something because I, I don't know, man. Do you just have a super woman that just can can just take shit out of Jeff Jarrett's hand? And just, I, I just don't get the point. They're making this girl feel like she is. A top star, and, and, and you know what? You're a referee. That's what you're getting paid to do. But anyway, I'm done.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, how about we do this? We will welcome in our guest this week, somebody that's done it all, all over the world, and from my email right here, she sent me about let's see, about ten pictures of matches she's going to be uh, refing. Coming up next week, WrestleMania weekend in California, we'll welcome in Scarlett Donovan coming up next. This is your two counts. We have the one, the only Scarlett Donovan. Scarlett, welcome to the show.
3: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Hello, Scarlett. Thank you for Hi, joining the show.
2: Yeah. Yes. Thanks for being here with us.
3: Yeah. I'm really excited.
2: Awesome. And we, we, we are too.
0: We got to thank our uh, good friend Jack there from that you work with Jimmy mm-hmm. over at uh, Wrestling Inc for hooking us up and definitely been looking at a lot of your uh, interviews that you've done in the past trying to bone up for this uh, uh, for the show. But yeah, laundry list of things that you're going to be doing out there in California right down right down the interstate for me, I'm assuming, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. I'm I'm very excited to have the, the uh, WrestleMania and all of the uh, independent shows associated with that, and, and local to me this time. So I finally don't have to travel somewhere far to do a bunch of wrestling. I'm very excited.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything we- everything's within driving distance, right? <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course, in L.A., <clears throat> driving distance means a little bit different things. You know, it's um, <clears throat> driving distance versus driving time can be two very different uh, numbers there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, anywhere from yeah, yeah, anywhere from two minutes to two hours.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I
1: remember when I went to California that one time, um, multiple times, thousands of times. But I'm saying this one particular time where literally the. Um, it was like a grill where they were where this really nice place where you put your stuff, you pick out what you want and they put it on a grill right there on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never done that before. I did that with Bruce Pritchard, Ray Mysterio and Kurt Angle. And uh, we, we were doing a commercial for Dish TV. And uh, getting there was really only like three miles. And it took us almost an hour, It was like 45 minutes to get there. It was so ridiculous. I, I don't know how you folks do that kind of stuff. I, I don't get it.
3: Yeah, you get used to it, and I I get used to doing other things in my car when I'm driving, which I probably shouldn't say, but uh, you get really used to like Whoa. answering emails and you know doing things on your phone um, when you're sitting in traffic because you're just sitting there a lot of the times, like crawling. So I try to, to multitask um, and still drive as safely as possible. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I understand. Well, I I hate to sound like Captain Cliche here, but let's talk about the your refereeing career. Were you a big wrestling fan growing up? And and what made you, or who made you, or what was the decision? What, what was the thought process saying? You know what? This is something I really want to do. Is become a professional wrestling referee.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I was not a big wrestling fan as a kid. I feel like that's something that I kind of missed out on a a little bit. Um, You listen to, you know, a lot of people in the business, you talk to them and they say that they were huge wrestling fans as kids. And they have all of these stories about how wrestling, um, you know, these big wrestling moments that, that they relate to their childhood. And I kind of feel... Uh, left out, I guess, a little bit that I don't have those experiences. I didn't get into wrestling until much later in life. Um, My brother used to watch wrestling just a little bit when he was younger, and I always used to like tease him and ridicule him for it because I didn't like I didn't watch and I didn't really understand. So um, I didn't get into wrestling until I was probably in like my mid 20s. And I just moved in with a guy that I had known very long. We just started dating both kind of needed a place to live. So you know how that goes. And um, we're starting to unpack our stuff in this apartment that we moved into. And I noticed he's unpacking a bunch of wrestling DVDs. And I still didn't know anything about wrestling in my head. I'm like, Oh, what did I get myself into? I'm dating this guy. Like I didn't know anything about him and now he's a wrestling fan. I'm like, what is this? I'm like trying to plan my exit strategy already, you know? And so I kind of made like a comment (laughs) about it. And I was like teasing him about the, the DVDs a little bit. And he's like, well, have you ever watched wrestling? And I'm like, no, it's stupid. You know? And he was like, look, just read this book and then you can talk to me about it. And he handed me Bret Hart's autobiography. I'm a huge reader. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I begrudgingly like started reading this book and within the first couple of pages, I was totally hooked and, and mowed through it and read a bunch of other, you know, Jericho, um, Foley, you know, all of the big autobiographies and stuff and just got totally kind of entrenched in this world. And it was so interesting because I read all of these books and got kind of the the inside view from all of these autobiographies before I ever really started watching the wrestling matches themselves. So I already knew the story behind a lot of these matches and Then I'm like, well, I should probably go watch the actual matches. Um, and then from there My uh, interest and my love for it just kind of took off. I started going to independent shows uh, that were local to me. And then I'm very, very lucky that I have a school. um, Well, I have multiple schools, but one school in particular, uh, Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, is local to me as well. And they started to do like, they presented like an advocates class, which was you can come and we'll teach you everything about wrestling um, that isn't actually the wrestling itself. Um, So I signed up for that class and that's how I learned how to be a referee.
1: So who ultimately trained you? Like who was your first person that trained you and what made you say as Jimmy, I'm, I'm just wanting more information. Sorry. Where you went, all right, I'm going to try this shit, man. And who was the person that said, go do this and train to do it? Who who, who did all this?
3: So I was very, very lucky when I went to Santino brothers. Um, then I uh, the referee there, the head referee there, his name is Jeremy Marcus. Um, he refereed for New Japan for a long time and he just got uh uh signed on with WWE. So I'm very, very excited for him. Um but I was very lucky he was there. And I started at Santino Brothers in uh 2020, January of 2020. And so I got a couple classes in and then everything shut down for COVID. The school shut down, everything shut down. And Jeremy said, if anybody wants to be a referee out of this class, let me know and I'll see what I can do to train you. And so he took me and a couple other students under his wing and he actually did like Zoom classes with us. So I initially learned how to be a referee like over Zoom classes. He had us, you know, do admonishments and counts and do workouts and uh uh, we would do like a lot of tape study as well. And then as things started opening up, then he would find uh ring time for us and would bring in wrestlers so that we could, you know, officiate matches in different situations and stuff. So I owe everything uh, to Jeremy and for him being just so awesome and so willing to uh, share the knowledge that he has.
1: So who do you watch and study uh, as far as refereeing goes or is it a multiple uh, people? Is it someone in particular or who's it? Who do you try to emulate or watch to and turn your own stuff into your own stuff but but kind of want the style that you're watching
3: yeah um it's a, a multiple you know it's multiple people i i actually do a lot of um like social media can be great because we get a lot of, you know, wrestling and short tidbits and short clips. And so I like to watch a lot of what the referees do in those different clips, because they're usually like really crazy situations that we're seeing. And I like to kind of see how the referees react to those. Um, but I also uh, try to watch a lot of my peers to a lot of us that are on the independent circuit. Um, I work with referee Adam Galt, who's the head referee of GCW uh, really often. Um, Dan Perch is another referee. Who's just amazing um, is killing it out there in the referee scene. And he is, he has some really great great um reactions and some really great movements in the ring so I, I really watch those two guys a lot and try to emulate a lot of what they do and of course Jeremy mm-hmm. I, I always love watching his stuff and he's so professional in there and so I really try to to emulate a lot of what he does as well and kind of make what uh all of those guys do my own
2: interesting and when you watch wrestling on television like you've also had uh, experience my understanding is uh uh you know behind the scenes Uh, As well, are you, I don't know how to put this into the exact words I'm trying to, uh, have you worked at all with presenting yourself on television and understanding the difference between doing a live event, uh, refereeing a match for a live event show as opposed to live, uh, refereeing a match for television? Is that one of the things they taught you there as well?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Santino Brothers does do a lot of um, kind of training for TV wrestling. Um, I also train out of Millennium uh, Wrestling Academy up in Chatsworth, and they uh, similarly do a lot of like um, kind of TV wrestling training. I work for United Wrestling Network um, here in L.A., which is a a taped uh, television program. Um, So not only do I referee for them for, you know, that that taped um, you know, television version of wrestling, um, but I also (laughs) help with production. So I help with the the promos and a lot of the backstage stuff as well. Um, so that's been a huge, huge learning experience for me. Um, and then I, I, I worked with GCW regularly, which we do a lot of live pay-per-view events. Um, and then I uh, just recently got to referee with uh, new Japan pro wrestling at one of their big, uh, pay-per-view events in New York. So
2: now uh, correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is you were the first female referee to referee for new Japan pro wrestling
3: yeah yeah that's correct i sure was wow. I, I know i feel that's very awesome. lucky very lucky i got that opportunity
1: <laughs> that's amazing very very awesome
3: thank you
0: so last time we, we chatted uh briefly uh online there you were actually down the interstate for me last weekend out uh, here in uh in buffalo down the expressway here coast to coast you've literally done everything you just said, you knew, you knew Japan, GCW, you've done independence out here in uh, Western New York. Got, I got uh, to talk about that drive that you have, that determination that you have for this business. Like you said, it's something that you picked up later in life, um, watching stuff, watching tape. Is that something you just picked up on? Or is that something that, you know, Jeremy taught you that, that drive, you just go, you try to get, get out there as much as you can.
3: Um, it's a little bit of both. I am a chronic overachiever. Um, I'm not the type of person that can do things just a little bit. Like that's kind of how I got myself into this, this wrestling thing. I'm like, oh, I really like this wrestling thing. It's like, oh, I can't just sit here and watch wrestling. Like, oh, I have to actually physically do the wrestling. Um, and then, you know, once you kind of get into it, then it's I'm that all or nothing person. And so I just kind of started to send my feelers out and see what would happen. And I am very lucky that a lot of doors started opening up for me. And I just am, you know, I just keep saying yes and I keep getting these opportunities. So uh my overachieving uh drive is kind of very natural and it's uh luckily served me very well in this profession.
2: <laughs> now this isn't your only uh activity that you that you work at. You have another uh profession that you are a part of if I'm not mistaken please correct me if I'm wrong but it has to do with the veterinary service it industry sure yeah. yeah so how do you balance both that and you know the the wrestling work how do you, how, is, uh, it's basically two jobs you're balancing here and like uh like you said you've traveled pretty much across the country you've traveled to to uh Mexico you've traveled to the UK all over the place how do you balance the the both jobs let's put it that way
3: Um, I just never sleep. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, it's, I am very lucky that, yes, I am a a veterinary nurse. Um, I, and I have a corporate gig that allows me to travel and kind of set my own schedule. So that has been really, um, the ideal setup for me Uh, not only does it give me lots of kind of frequent flyer miles and um, a lot of knowledge about how to manipulate my travel so that I can make everything work appropriately and utilize all of those um, bonus points and things that you can get um, but it also makes it possible for me to travel all over and and do all of these cool wrestling things so I've been again very very lucky that I've kind of um, set myself up in a great situation in, in that part of my life to be able to support my wrestling life as well
2: nice and and uh, again uh you've you know had an interesting career you've wrestled you've refereed i mean for several different promotions and several, several different styles of wrestling uh which type of matches do you prefer to referee which are you more comfortable not i don't want to say comfortable because you're probably comfortable doing any kind of match they ask you to do but what kind of matches do you like to referee in particular
3: um i like to referee all of the matches i like working I think I like working with different talent over like different like match types, I guess. You know, I like working with my friends and people that you've worked with all the time or, you know, somebody that you've always wanted to work with and or finally get the opportunity to. Um, but I have to say that there's a special little place in my heart for death match wrestling. I, I do love refereeing those crazy, insane, you know, light tubes, all kinds of weapons and stuff flying all over the place. Um, I got to do a little bit of that in Japan and really just develop such a love for it there. So um, that's probably one of my... Uh, favorite styles to get to referee
1: wait a minute wait a minute hold on Scarlett yes death matches you like to referee I do <laughs> Scarlett you're too pretty to be in that 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 that, that nasty bloody stuff
3: <laughs> I mean I'm just there to to maintain order and make sure that everybody's safe in there. I'm not actually taking any of the light tubes. <laughs> oh. Just some counts on some broken glass. that's all good.
2: <laughs> oh but do so with you. your hands
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so are you are are you contracted are you uh are you a, a legit like say indie referee at this point?
0: Or- yeah
3: indie referee, I don't have a contract anywhere yet, hopefully. Hopefully that will be in the future sometime, but right now I just, um, I'm taking whatever independent gigs I can, I can scrounge up.
2: <laughs> okay. And, and like you said, uh, you're, you're looking towards the future. What is your ultimate goal? What,
3: um, what, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's hard to say. I of course would love to, uh, work somewhere, be contracted somewhere and, you know, make wrestling my life. Um, but I think that I've just, and right right now, I'm just really enjoying the ride. You know, I I don't want to put too much pressure on myself since I'm already very much an overachiever. Um, to, you know, try and get those uh, very. Um, those very difficult to achieve contracts, I guess. So right now I'm really just enjoying the opportunities that I get to really travel around the world and, and do all these exciting things. So my kind of more short term goal is to get to do more traveling. I really want to go back to Japan and spend some sig- significant time there. Um, so I think that's probably my my goal at this point.
1: Here's a, here's another question I have for you. Um, so obviously there's, this is actually for me too, as I want other our listeners to listen to. So an indie referee, I've never been. Uh, Jimmy Corderas has never been an indie referee that I'm aware of.
2: No, I've, I have done a couple local for, for friends up here post WWE days, but that's it. No, no, no,
1: no. What I'm saying is work the indie tour, the indie uh, scene before you get to where you want to be. So you haven't done that. I haven't done that. So what would you say to referees? that are trying i get this dm all the time and i don't understand what to say i don't know what to say because i have never done and been through what you're going through so what do you tell them what do you say this is what to expect this is how it works this is what we do this is how we do it how does this all work for you and ultimately i'm assuming by doing all this you're hoping to get seen or you're hoping to catch an eye and get that break where you're under a contract and you're working on a full-time level with a company, I would assume is what your goal is. But kind of touch into that
0: for me.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's, when you kind of first start out, then I think that the ultimate goal is to get uh, get yourself out there, right? To be able to get that content to be seen. Um, and social media is a really great tool that we can use. And I tell them to kind of treat every promotion that you're trying to work for, like you're trying to get a job. So I have a resume, I have a cover letter that I send out, um, and I just kind of look for First off I started with my local promotions um and hit as many up as were every, every time I saw a show running then I would hit them up and say hey I'm a referee here's what I can do for you here's my rate you know let's see what we can do we, I'd like to work with you and then from there as I started to you know build my reputation build up uh, the the promotions that I've worked for and started to make those connections with the wrestlers um a lot of people ask me what promotions they should work for and I say if I always look at the cards and if they're, if I recognize wrestlers on the cards, then I want to go and work for those promotions because then I can make connections with those wrestlers and hopefully use them to connect me with other promotions to work with. You know, it's really, it's all about those connections in this wrestling world, right? So from there, I started to branch out to other states and larger promotions. And um, as a referee, it's a little bit more difficult because a lot of times you are funding your own travel. So again, I'm very lucky that I have uh, a shoot job that allows me to facilitate my own travel in a way that I can use. Use my frequent flyer miles and so i'm not having to pay a lot of -of out-of-pocket expenses for travel but that can be um very difficult for a lot of people like you know i like i said i travel all over i travel the pacific northwest all the time i'm always on the east coast and if i were having to pay for a lot of that you know totally out of pocket then that would be very very difficult um but in the end it's all about just trying to get the exposure um and get the experience as well
1: do you ever find that sometimes um and I'm assuming you, you you seem like a very, very intelligent person. Uh, but do you ever find that you have to take it on the chin just to get that exposure? In other words, let's just use round figures here. And these are these are not your figures. I don't know your figures and I'm not asking. All I'm saying is I'm just using round figures. Let's just say they want to bring you in, but you have to pay your own airfare and they're going to pay you three fifty for that that evening and maybe take care of your room. I don't know. I don't know your situation. I'm not asking. But what I'm saying is do you ever find that, all right, well, I've lost money because I'm only doing it for 350 My flight's going to run me $200. i got to pay for my room, which is 99 bucks. But I get that exposure for something else. Is that, uh, is that a way to look at it and tell people that are trying to really navigate like you are? And is that something that you have to kind of that just take?
3: oh yeah absolutely i think that you know there's there's real bucks and there's exposure bucks right so either if you're not making real money on the show then you better be getting those exposure bucks in some way shape or form right either it's you're getting on fight tv or one of the bigger networks on on a larger promotion or a larger show or you're working with people that are again going to make those connections for you that are going to help you get into the bigger shows that you want to get into or work with those other people that you want to work with so um i nice. I feel oftentimes, especially when I have to travel, if I were, again, paying for this out of pocket and not getting to use discounts and things like that, um, then I think that on a lot of these shows, I would be lucky to break even. So yeah. that's kind of another thing that you have to take into consideration and really uh, figure out what budget you're going to be able to spend um, to or to put into your career, I guess.
1: Are you still with that wrestling guy? Say that again? Are you still with that wrestling guy? <laughs> no you're not not with him anymore
3: no because he um got upset because i was spending too much time on wrestling and not enough time on him so
1: what What a turnaround i know right
3: Right. hey
1: uh, hey, i know this former. you were on the east coast a lot so I'm, i'm on the east coast just hit me up you know what i'm saying
3: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. <laughs> right, we'll go out for drinks. There you go.
2: There you go. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. You, you hit him right where he lives right now. Awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you mentioned travel, and you've done a lot of it. And I'm looking here at the, some of the places you've been to internationally, especially. Um, what is the biggest difference you've seen in the audiences that uh, that in the different countries that you've been to?
3: Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest. Um, uh, the or the most interesting things uh, is when you get to experience those different audiences, like when we went to Japan, um, they were still it was like the tail end of COVID. And so nobody was allowed to cheer vocally, you know, and I know that they say in Japan, that's not like a huge thing anyway. Um, but, you know, they were only allowed to clap and they couldn't make any noise um, because they all had to wear masks. And it was like a, a COVID regulation. Um, and so that was in the beginning, it was very uh, odd because you didn't have, you know, you're so used to like that vocal aspect of the crowd. And so not having that was very, very odd, but then you really got tuned into their applause and the the audience used the applause very, very well to kind of supplement the fact that you didn't have that, that vocal aspect of it. Um, and then most recently I was in Quebec just a couple, uh, where I was in Montreal just a couple of weeks ago. And it was so cool because sometimes the, crowd would chat at you in French and then sometimes they would chat you in English it's like oh if they really wanted you to know what you're saying then they would say it in English you know but and sometimes you'd be like what what are they saying oh it's French I'm not going to know anyway so
2: as as the the lone Canadian on the panel here I know exactly what you're talking about because I have refereed countless times in Quebec City and Montreal and and yes when you get the bilingual chance it's it's quite interesting and sometimes you have to Uh, Go to the, what are they saying?
3: Yeah. Yeah, Is this good or bad? Oh, this sounds like a bad chat. I don't want to know this (laughs) one. Um, also, when I was in in Mexico, I think that was probably the craziest crowd that I've ever been around. I I did um, Zona Twenty Three down in Mexico, which is like a junkyard, uh, and they do like death matches in the junkyard, which was such a crazy, cool experience. But when you kind of leave the ring and you walk out into that crowd, like trying to make your way back to the locker room, like you look around and the crowd just swarms on you, and you you know you there's nobody speaking English; they're all just yelling Spanish at you, and you don't see a face that you recognize anywhere, and it, it was um, it was a little. Uh, scary, I guess at first, but then, you know, you kind of just get used to it and it's wrestling, whatever, and you just figure it out. But it was, it was, it was it's been quite interesting to experience all of these different crowds, I will say.
1: Hey, hey, Jimmy. Yeah. So you remember when we used to go to Quebec all the time and, um, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he would drive my, my dad and my uncle around and they would get these sandwiches.
2: Oh, the, the Montreal smoked meat sandwiches.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those things were amazing. Did you ever try one of those, Carl?
3: No, unfortunately, I didn't. I, it was so silly because we this these we I just did two trips in Canada, one for um went to Montreal and one to Toronto, and we were literally in the city for like less than twenty four hours each time. So we went to Tim Hortons, and that was about the <laughs> only thing that we got to experience while we were there, other than doing the Ooh. show. I'm, I know I was I usually try I, I did do Niagara Falls we literally got to like drive past Niagara Falls stop real quick run out take a picture and then run back and had to hurry on to the show but I usually try to experience whatever I can to these places that I go since I'm so lucky that I get to travel all around but unfortunately our trips to Canada were quite short and filled with lots of driving <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. that, that's not a bad
2: thing by the way <laughs> hey 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 no, sorry Jimmy sorry. Don't, don't don't get me hot <laughs> no, 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 i love well,
0: you, I, Canada. well i'm just on the other side of the lake from uh from jimmy so it's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm practically canadian well sort of i won't whatever mm-hmm. um but coming up next week scarlet you get like i said previous you got a laundry list and i'm not i i, I don't i'm forget afraid to forget somebody i don't want to listen to all but you know just to name the um Training facility that you training School that you work for you trained At um, you senior referee over there At Santino Brothers you were actually Working Over there their event there At California love um, At the collective for GCW How You know you briefly touched on this How do you go from like you go from like a GCW To a Lucha from Lucha To a death match from a death match To a, a strong style this coming up this next weekend, like I said, you got a laundry list. How, like you said, you don't sleep. Like you said, how do you stay awake though?
3: <laughs> I mean, once you go through that curtain, your adrenaline hits and no matter how tired you are in the back, like, you know, you just, it's, it's hard. You It's hard to not be engaged in those matches, especially when you're working with such amazing talent that I am lucky enough to get to work with.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, we have a mutual friend, if I'm not mistaken, in the name of Jack Farmer.
3: Yes, we sure do. Jack, You're
2: definitely going to see him next weekend, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know that he's doing, uh, working our show for Santino's.
2: Nice. Uh, Do me a favor. Uh, Make sure you tell him hello from me and give him a big rub his hair and mess it up.
3: Oh, no. No, Perfect hair.
2: You know, because we do the (laughs) podcast with him and Justin LeVar, and Justin and I are... Let's just say follically challenged for lack of a better term. And you know, here comes Jack with his wonderful hair. You got somebody's gotta mess it up.
3: And never a hair out of place and always just no. so sopper in his suits. He's just he he never has a bad a bad hair day or a bad style day.
2: I don't want you I don't want you to 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 cut it or anything, do anything damaged. <laughs> just just mess it up a little bit. That's
3: okay, after the show. After the show. <laughs>
2: there you go. That, that'll work. Yeah, you, you put Jim, a, you Jimmy put, told me to give you this
0: <sighs> you, you, you put you put him side to side. I've done it before. And he, he I talked to him about it. he's like, I put him a side by side with uh with John Elba that does Matt Hardy's podcast. And I'm like, OK, who's here? Who does it better? And of course, Jack's the first one to chime in. Of course, he says himself. So
1: right. <laughs> I, I have no clue what y'all are talking about. I
0: have,
1: <laughs> I have plenty here.
2: Yeah, well. yeah, sure. Rub it in, kid.
1: <laughs> hey, you have a you have a you have a better beard or goatee or go chew. Well, that's
2: um, that's the that's the makeup hair. I have what I refer to as the Greek curse. I grow hair everywhere except
1: ah yes. So Scarlett, uh, there's there's now many female referees working the 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 uh, feds. Um. Who do who, who, who you like? Who do you think's doing their thing? What, what, what you got?
3: You know, I like all of them. I think that it's so amazing to see so many female referees um, really making a name for ourselves in some of these bigger promotions. Um, I would love to be that person for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hopefully, I'll be able to kind of uh, get in and get some more matches with them. Um, but I think that it's just so empowering to see all of us ladies out there kicking some ass.
1: I agree. I agree. And, uh, I think that it's, uh, it's good. I think it really is. I think it is good. But then another thing I want to flip around to you and, and obviously I'm sure you watch our show and listen every week. I'm sure. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I'm sure you don't, you're a bit, very busy girl that doesn't sleep, but if you don't sleep, by the way, you need to be listening. Um, anyway, uh, so we had a, 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 a refing review and this is a segment that we have that i'm sure you know about where we talked about a spot where aubrey edwards were to go into the ring not part of the match the ref takes a bump not asking you to bury anybody by the way i'm just asking your opinion and comes in and grabs a guitar out of jeff's hand and she doesn't run down to the ring she basically gives the vince mcmahon power walk to the ring what what are your thoughts in a way? If you didn't see it, you can say I, I don't know. I didn't see it. You can you can bail out of this. I, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, but what I'm saying, do you find that it, it can be a little too much for some of these females?
3: I didn't see the spot that you're talking about. Um, but good my, bailout. Good bailout. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I struggle to watch a lot of wrestling. I have a lot of other stuff going on in my life. Um, but <laughs> I have to say that I personally uh, would prefer to not be a large part of angles. You know, I, I like to do my referee job and I, you know, if, if there's something that I can do, that's going to serve the match, you know, and something that the wrestlers want me to do that, again, is going to serve the match or serve the storyline. Then absolutely. I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. You want me to take a bump? You want me to you know do whatever I'm happy to do that. Um, but I, I want the wrestlers to be the, the main focus of, of the wrestling. Right. So I, I would prefer myself personally to kind of take a backseat to those type of angles and just do do uh, whatever's going to serve the the purpose, um, but not something that's going to make me the main focus of it. I guess.
2: Very you know nice what? answer. I very uh, sorry, Brian. I didn't mean no, to. No, put no, you no. I have to say this. You know what? I
1: respect that answer so much that I think I love you, Scarlett, and I think that. Um, <laughs> no I'm serious like I love your answer I'm not literally in love Mm -hmm. with you I'm in love with you over that answer Uh, I mean here's excuse me I'm sorry here's my thing I've done a lot of shit okay done a lot of big matches done a lot of things been a lot of major promotions okay my dad was very privy to a lot of angles and a lot of things you know I mean you know obviously I'm sure you know about them I I wasn't. And I was just like you. I didn't want to be. I've been offered and I didn't want to be. You know, I did. I did. You know, the one the biggest thing I ever did as far as being on, like in the limelight kind of with the boys was the beatbox stuff that I did with Kurt Angle and John Cena and stuff like that. But that was it. And, and that was that was actually. I had to be convinced to do it. You know what I mean? Like, really, I literally did. It was not something I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, sign me up. I want to be a fucking star. No, it had nothing to do with that. It was a Stephanie McMahon thing that hurt on a plane and was forced, basically forced for me to do. I'm so good with not being a referee remembered as, oh, well, he did this to that person, this to that person. No, I would want to be remembered, and it sounds like you're the same person where – That was a good fucking referee right there. You know what I mean? And that's the way that I think I wanted to be. And it sounds like that's the way you're trying to be as well. And I I totally agree with that. I don't think that you're a good referee because you're stuffed into angles and you're all this kind of other thing. It's just my opinion. And that's why we have podcasts because we can make our opinions and people can listen and they can rat on you on Twitter or whatever after they hear it, but. I'm just saying, I really, really respect that answer because I really think that's what a referee should think. Um, but Jimmy, you got to touch on that.
2: No, it, it, it was perfect. You said it perfectly. Like I always try to, I've said it so many times, I'm almost tired of hearing it myself. No, I'm never tired of hearing myself speak. But anyway, um, <laughs> the referee's job is to help the talent tell their story and not be the story and not to be a distraction and take away from it and help add to it without being a – focal point. Yes, there are times where referees have been used in angles and have been used in storylines. Hell, I was a i was a scab referee. I broke the picket line in nineteen ninety nine. And again, it wasn't my choice. I didn't come up with it, but I did it because they asked me to do it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it, it it wasn't about me. It was about furthering a different story down the road. And the story is the talent. They're the ones who draw money in this business. I can't I can't think of as as um I want to say it was Tony Gurria or maybe it was Jack Lanza. Anybody who ever got a ticket to see you
0: referee, you got him a comp.
2: So, hey,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and he's right.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: All right. So we got a couple listener questions here for you, Scarlett, if uh, you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, Our first one comes from our good friend and listener, WWE Master 2018. Um, He wants to know your top three matches that you refed best matches. Excuse me.
3: Oh man. I'm so terrible. I hate picking favorites. All my friends know this. I'm the worst (laughs) at picking favorites because I'm very indecisive. I'll like, they're like, oh, top three. And then I have like 10 things that I name off. Um, but man, I've gotten very, very lucky that I've gotten to referee some really, really amazing matches. Um, I got to do Bailey versus uh, Suzuki at um, GCW a couple months ago, which was just amazing. Um, most recently, I'm uh, oddly enough, this is another Mike Bailey match, but I did Mike Bailey and Masha Slamovich, um, uh in Toronto this past weekend, which was oh, so. Such- yeah. Yeah, Bailey.
1: About that, how was that?
3: It was was amazing. It was.
1: Now, was that a storyline setup? I'm I'm wondering why it was the um, male versus female thing. What 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 happened there?
3: Uh, Well, Masha just won the belt for GCW, um, and they will commonly do like intergender matches like that. And I think that um, since Bailey is from Canada, um, that was kind of uh, where that uh, match angle, I guess, was coming from. So.
2: Okay, a... me, it, yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but because it's uh, in my hometown, what 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 promotion actually was that? It's um
3: made. I IWS, I think. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we came in, we worked with them in um Montreal uh the I think the weekend prior. Um and then we came out and did a show in New York and then went up to Toronto and, and worked up there.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our next one comes from Brad Stanton. He asks, is the last man standing match as exhausting as it looks?
3: uh yeah it is it 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 depends on I will say that it depends on what they're doing in there right it's a long time to be in the ring and it's exhausting in general I think to be um turned on you know in front of the crowd like that for that long of a, of a period of time um but it also kind of depends on what kind of action is going on in there if you have two um young spry kids in there that are running around and doing all kinds of stuff for that amount of time then it's going to be very tiring for you but if they're kind of doing a lot of a lot of rest holds and just trying to get to the end of, of that time period, then uh, sometimes it can be a little bit easier on you as well.
0: <laughs> Understandable. All right. And we got one last one, if that's all right, Um Ooh. We got where to go. There it is. Uh, Devin Dowling wants to know, have you, how have you liked working with the East West express Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver?
3: Oh, I love working with those guys. They are so much fun to work with and such great guys in the locker room as well. Um, I feel very lucky that I have, uh, I get to work with GCW very regularly. I get to travel with them a fair amount. And you really kind of get to get that camaraderie with that locker room since a lot of times it's the same, uh, the same guys going to all the shows, you know, and so you become uh, close with a lot of them. And it's, uh, just a really great group. And those guys are such a great addition to it. So I'm always so excited to work with them and their matches are, are always a lot of fun and keep me on my toes. <laughs>
1: there was, there was, there's also one other question that, I, yeah, cause I'm still blown away that you love this um, hardcore. What would you call that?
3: Uh, deathmatch wrestling. <laughs>
1: death match wrestling. I'm so shocked. You just don't look like a deathmatch wrestling lover, but golly. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So Brad Stanton wanted to know, what's your favorite gimmick match? Uh, I I have no clue what you're going to say here.
3: I know. That's a great question. Um, You know, I – Alex Shelley has a theory that tag team matches are really just gimmick matches. Um, (laughs) You know, the gimmick is bad, right? right?
2: That's only Um, in AEW.
3: (laughs) 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 So I actually I love tag team wrestling. That's uh, I love refing uh, reffing those type of matches. Um, but I know, man, favorite gimmick match. I, I guess deathmatch wrestling, does that count as as a gimmick match? Uh, you use lots of gimmicks in there, I guess, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, is there is there different gimmick like matches for that? Is there is it just one type yeah, of match?
3: No, in general, I guess I guess the big stipulation, at least that we always think about as referees, is is their glass. Are you using glass because that's going to change the type of equipment that we wear. Um, mm-hmm. Usually for like glass matches, I put on like different knee pads and you know we'll do like gloves and like different protection for myself. So I I personally love matches that have glass in them. That's some of my favorite stuff to referee. <laughs>
1: Scarlett, what is your obsession with glass?
2: My I don't God. know. It's,
3: it's just, there's, <laughs> man, when those light tubes explode, whew, the visual that you got for that is so much fun.
2: <laughs> you and had then- me until then. Ah. <laughs> right. right.
1: I used to hate to do thumbtacks
2: where, where they had them in oh. the
0: rain.
1: I hated it because, listen, I don't prepare for it. I've gotten so many. Jimmy, I know. I'm not I say I'm the only one. I, I wear Nike shocks. I've gotten so many flat tires. I've gotten... Um, my knees, with all of them in there, my hand has smacked them. I mean, glass? No, thank you. God, girl, where is your obsession? Love it.
3: I mean, I told you I can't do anything. Just a little bit. If we're gonna do it, it's gonna be all the way.
1: <laughs> do not ever
0: talk to Jim Cornette about this, okay? Ever. <laughs> <laughs> good, good advice. Good advice. So, so lastly, you know, next week, yeah, like we said, you got a big schedule. Um. Just take a couple minutes. Promote the couple shows that you're going to, and any anything else that you really want to put out there for our listeners.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, super stoked to be a big part of the collective. So, of course, GCW is running their collective. Um, at the Ukrainian Center, so that I think is Thursday. Uh, and Friday are kind of the big days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I'm doing shows on each of those. Of course, Santino Brothers um, is going to be, I think, on Thursday morning. So please come out and join us. Have some breakfast with us at 11 a.m. I'm also doing the Prestige show over the Globe. Um, There's a big um, WrestleCon super show that I'm going to be part of. Um, And then the New Japan and um, Impact are running kind of a joint show. And I uh, also run the Um, social media for uh, new Japan. So I'm going to be doing uh, like live social media for them during that show as well.
0: Good for you. Good for you. That's that's great to hear.
1: Well, well, I'll say, I'll say this Garland. I really, and I really mean this with all my heart. Um, I really think that you're in a a positive light and I think that you're going to make some noise. And I think that you are very well deserving of a major promotion taking notice of you and 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 getting you locked in and i just uh you know i really want to thank you for being on and i really think that you are going to be i think you're going to be something i love your passion i can hear it in your voice and i can hear it and see it in your face and i just think that you know this is something you want and i love to see that i really do and I, i and i just can't say enough how your 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 hard work the stuff you have to go through Probably small pay sometimes and things like that. I think at the end of the day, it's going to pay off for you. And I And I believe in you. And I, I'm, I'm actually going to follow you as much as I can now. Um, I, I didn't know much about you until you came onto the show, which is really cool for me. Um, but, but yes, I, I wish you nothing but the best. And if I can help you in any way, I'd be more than happy to do that. And just wish you nothing but the best. I really want to thank you really, really a whole lot for being on the show today. Yeah,
3: thank you so much for having me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Well, wow. I, 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 there's nothing more I could add to that. Uh, Brian pretty much said it all. And again, I, but personally, I want to thank you for coming on and I will thank you even more. If you mess up Jack's hair <laughs>
3: <laughs> picture after the show.
2: <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So guys, if you're not following Scarlett, I'd highly, highly suggest you do that. Uh, go over to, I believe fight TV. We'll have all these great, uh Great shows this weekend. Make sure you check that out. Check Scarlet out. Like I said, follow her. You're going to be seeing her under the big lights sometime soon, so you might want to uh, catch her now. So, Scarlet, thank you so much.
3: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Scarlett, remember when East goes?
3: <laughs> All right, when well, I'm out that way, you buy me a drink.
1: <laughs> there you there go. You go. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank right, you.
3: This is your three
1: count. Welcome back to the third count. Jimmy, we got some good questions that I got. Uh some of them are pretty tough. Uh <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna have to indulge here and try and figure this out. Um I'm gonna save the one that I think is gonna be tougher than I have. And and RJ, you can feel free to mix in yours between mine if you want. Sure. But um, the first one I'll go with, uh, it says, how do you guys decipher a good referee and a bad referee? Jimmy, that's you to start.
2: Okay. For for me, a good referee is, like I've been saying and preaching forever, is a referee who helps the talent tell their story and acts like it's a legitimate sporting event as opposed to trying to play pro wrestling referee, if you get my drift. You know, you're out there, you're doing your thing, um, knowing your positioning and knowing when to be noticed, for example, enforcing rules or whatever the case uh, may be, and when to hang back and stay out of the picture and let the talent command the ring. And also when it comes to television, being able to help guide Things from a timing standpoint, from a television standpoint, from a positioning standpoint. So it's all of the above. And it's so multifaceted. It's incredible. And Jimmy, I
1: can't I can't really much say more than what you just said, because I totally agree with everything you just said. I also just think that something that's underutilized and overlooked is false finishes. Oh, you know, I I really do. I just think that that's so important. I mean, without that and doing it right, you got nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be in the wrong spot, but if your cadence and your false finishes are still there, you can kind of forgive that in a way because that's the secret to our potion. You know what I mean? Um, but otherwise, everything else you just said: positioning, knowing where to be, not being overcast all that stuff. Yes. I agree with all that. I also think that, you know, your, 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 your false finishes is, is so very important.
2: Absolutely. You are not wrong in the slightest in that one. And, uh, you know, cadence, the whole bit, uh, false finishes. There's a lot of things I can go here, but I don't want to give too much away because, uh, I did that one time and with uh, the producer of a TV show we used to do up here in Canada. And ever since I mentioned something to him, he says, I can't unsee it. So I don't, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you don't say. you say so well. don't say it
2: <laughs> um, yeah, i think
0: I
1: heard that story man that's awesome though all
0: right so we got a question coming in from uh Jared Fritz friend of the show and uh, NWA referee I'm um, kind of going along with that last question um he asks uh, any advice for conveying your position in a match so you avoid getting buried conveying yes. your
2: position in a match
0: yes in other words what he's asking is it, it, it,
1: communicating where a referee would be Mm -hmm. or should be without being buried. Yes. It's called the horseshoe. It's called the horseshoe. You stay out of the front and you know how to angle yourself in the corners for camera shots when you're doing TV. Okay. That's the best way to go without showing. I can't sit here and talk about it to where people would understand it, to be honest with you. It's about working that horseshoe. So if you have a camera that's shooting the front of a ring, you have the two sides and you have the back side. Those are where you work. You don't ever want to work that front row. But there's also positions in corners. And Jimmy, you'll, you'll, you'll totally agree with me because I know, because we've been trained the same way and taught the same way, where your body needs to be for camera shots in corners. Mm-hmm. So it's really a difficult question, uh, Jared, uh, because I can't show you, <laughs> but I, right. and, and it's too hard to tell you over a podcast. And Jimmy, you got else to add. And I don't, I don't <clears throat> know. To really, if say you want, it.
2: no, it, it, on that aspect of it, uh, you said it right. And and if you talk about getting buried in a different regard, as opposed to looking like you're not doing your job properly, let's say for example, ref distractions and stuff going on outside the ring too long and you having to, like, fudge the numbers, so to speak. And one of the problems I'm seeing a lot lately uh, is action spilling out of the ring and the referees delaying their count and not counting and breaking their count for no reason so that talent can stay out there longer.
1: Okay, right. I, and I have to go off on a tirade for a minute. For go a minute. for it. Go for it. Y'all knew it had to happen at some point. One way, yeah. <laughs> I'm touching on what you just said, Jimmy. Jared and every other referee that's listening to this show, you are paid. Your job is to control the inside of the ring, the inside of the ring, not the outside. Keep your fucking ass inside the ring. There's no need for you to go outside and referee a match on the outside unless there's stipulations. Period. End of discussion. If a guy's out there too long, then count his fucking ass out. If if, if they're outside, who cares? You're not going to pinfall them. You're not going to count them out. You're not going to do shit on the outside. Your yard is the ring. This is so overlooked in so many different places. And I'm so tired of seeing it. Now, Mm -hmm. AEW, when I was there, had some 20-count bullshit that they did or were doing. I don't know if they're still doing it or not. They're doing 100-count, in my opinion. Um, Just keep your ass in the ring, Jared. That's all I can tell you. Keep your ass in the ring. If somebody takes a bad bump outside, check them real quick, slide your ass back the fuck in, and start counting. That's the way it goes. Stay inside the ring. Referees, stay inside the ring. That's where you're getting paid. Next question. Let's go. (laughs)
0: all right so our next question kind of a funny one um but uh wwe master 2018 is back he wants to know any funny stories about the big show eating a burrito with spicy sauce in 2003 and on smackdown and later having diarrhea
1: um i remember this very vaguely and i don't want to say too much because i don't know factual
0: okay
1: but I heard that he shit his pants in the middle of a match, and they had to go home early because (laughs) someone had to clean their ass. Mm. Probably needed some dude wipes to get that shit clean. Um, But I do remember this to a vague degree, uh, but I I, I wasn't the referee, so I don't want to I don't want to say something that's not true. I I I I do know the shit in the pants thing happened. And I know that. I don't mm. know if it was this fire burrito or not, but, but <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I, I I don't know, Jimmy. I don't know if you.
2: No, you I, I I I'm on. I'm in the same boat as you. I was uh, fortunately not the referee for this incident, but <laughs> uh, I would have threw uh,
1: them all over the place.
2: Right. Uh, it's uh, but uh, yeah, the, I've 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 been the the unfortunate recipient of a few air bombs. Yeah, <laughs> from the big show, but uh, the, the one time that he did uh, soil himself in the ring, uh, I was not the referee for, but I heard that it did happen. Let's just put it
1: that and, way. I, I'll tell you something that I do know about the big show, uh, since we're on it. Pretty funny story. Um, he was wrestling The Undertaker and was trying to make him pop, and uh, it was a house show, thank god, and uh, he took about a a roll of toilet paper and wrapped it around his genital, and it was so obvious that something was going on downstairs. And uh, yeah, it was a very funny moment because the Undertaker did kind of pop. I mean, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't give in gimmick wise, but he, because Big Show had his back to him and then turned around, and all of a sudden you saw a lot. And it was wow. really actually
0: kind of funny. And I'm pretty sure they didn't have Manscaped back then, but we have Manscaped now. You can head over to manscaped.com and use a promo code ref and get 25% off and free shipping on your next purchase. I always find the perfect segue for, for, Manscape Manscaped. You do. You yeah, do. You do. You yeah, do. I, it's, I really do. And by the way, I'm a...
1: wearing Manscaped underwear right now. I, I wish I could show all y'all people, uh,
0: <laughs> but well, there goes There's the t- downloads. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Pun intended, I guess. Um yeah. anyways, segue to that. Uh ref jeffy just excuse me, ref Jesse Fields. I kind of made his one name. Um, he asked, Who are some of the best referees that you've seen on the indies recently? Um that's, I
1: have no idea. No idea. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I don't I don't have time to
0: Scarlett s- Donovan. There we there go. go. Scarlett Donovan. Yes.
1: I'll roll with that one. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And Good I'm bad, sorry man. to be vague. I mean, I, guys, I don't well, I, have time I to watch three different programs a week, try and get this show together. Yeah. I, I I don't have time. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. There's no disrespect mm-hmm. to the any referees. I respect all you guys that are trying to break into this business. I just don't have time to sit there and watch mm-hmm. that as well.
0: Amen. I, w- I would suggest, um, if you're looking for referees to watch, Jesse, I would suggest you watch uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling. We know a couple guys mm-hmm. over there.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that, yeah, it's not a bad start. No. That, that, I I would quote, hi- course, Jimmy. This is about Chase Conley. Chase Conley.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: it says, if you guys were training someone right now, where would you start that process?
2: Where would I start that process? In the video room. I would not even take him to the ring. I would put them put a video screen in front of him before taking him to the ring, and then the ring would be second. Because I would try to explain positioning before you get into the ring. Let them see it live first. And then you can take them into the ring and walk them through the process. Jimmy, I don't
1: sense. I I I don't disagree with you, but I, I I just have a different theory.
2: Okay, go ahead. No, cool.
1: I would actually take them to the ring. And I would have them sit on the edge of the apron. And I would teach them the respect of the business, first of all, and their role as a referee. And then I would explain to them what a referee does and mean to the business. It would be a conversation. It wouldn't be video, it wouldn't be bumps. They wouldn't get inside the ring. They would be by the ring to make them feel and listen. Right. That's that's just my theory. And I would I would just probably just let them know that I say and explain every fucking week. You're not the star they are. And I would explain to them the concept of being what we do and it just, just break it down for them. And that's Mm -hmm. how I would do that. And and that's just the way I would do it.
2: So, so what you did was you just convinced me that uh, I could, uh, uh, Mesh both both systems, take them out to the ring, have them on the outside of the ring on the apron watching the video screen.
1: Perfect. That works there exactly.
2: Right. There you go. <laughs> Jimmy,
1: that's why we're going to tour around the world. Me, you, and Kyoto. And we're going to just make all this money and train all these guys that know what the fuck they're doing now,
2: finally. Oh, the three amigos strike again. There we go. Ole,
0: ole, 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 ole. Or we get, indeed. That, that, that too. There you not f- 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 <laughs> Funaki, Funaki, going to be your uh, your uh, there what was you it? Your uh, your mannequin in the ring. No, I just
1: need Funaki's wife to make the uh, the rice, the rice rolls.
2: Ah, gotcha.
0: They're rice? so good. Okay, okay. Now oh. you got to elaborate on that. I don't Now I'm now I'm enticed. What they we we, rice, we don't want like 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 rice balls or rice rolls. No
1: rice balls.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So good. Anyways. So this this uh, question is actually from Devin Dowling for for you, Jimmy. Um, he said okay. I most recently listened to Bully on Stone Cold Steve or Stone Cold's uh, Broken Skull Sessions, uh-huh. and they both credited yourself as a hell of a referee and said, "quote one of the greatest of all time." End quote. Um, Bully at Bully said that. Wow, and he said, and he asked, uh, "Could Jimmy share a story about working with Bully?"
2: Oh, my goodness. Uh, what, what story can I share? I just bully. had a, a, Here's a guy who really understands the business. And when you listen to him talk now on on his Busted Open radio show uh, with Dave LaGreca and them, you get inside the mind of Bully Ray because he took everything to heart. He took everything dearly and he wasn't afraid to express himself and tol- tell you what he thought. And don't get me wrong, he didn't do it in a disrespectful manner, but he was, he, you know, he, he, he's a New Yorker. So he'll <laughs> tell you what he means. But uh, as far as uh, interesting moments with him, wow. Where do I begin? There's just many. so many of them. Uh, I, I do remember it was the the TLC match with uh, him, Devon, uh, the Hardys, Edge of Christian. There was one spot where he, there was a bunch of tables set up outside the ring, piled up. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was Jeff pushed the ladder. It might have been Jeff. I don't remember who it was. But anyways, Bully took this. Bubba took this. The bump, you know, from this tall ladder over the top rope through all these tables. And of course, being the referee outside, my job is to go check and make sure he's okay. And I went and did it in the, you know, kayfabe manner that we checked. And he didn't respond. So I kind of bet, leaned over and whispered in his ear. He says, "Yeah, I'm just selling." Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever you say. Cool. Yeah. Was that the one he went over with Matt or was that the one he did solo? The one he did solo. Oh, okay. Okay. Because yeah. I think he, he's done it a couple times yeah. too, yeah. but yeah. It, it works though. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Let me let, let me just say this. Uh, and I and I really want to say this like because I really, really mean it. Bubba, Bubba is a unique individual. Bubba is a guy who stands up for himself, which people have a certain way of thinking that that's him being, quote, unquote, a bully or, or a smartass or a New Yorker. Um, I don't. And it, and it took me some time to figure it out. And me and him became very, very close. And it's because he's so smart. Jimmy, you're so right. He's so smart. He's got so much in his brain for this business that people are jealous of, in my opinion, right? because he's so good. And you watch him on Impact, and I do. I'm a huge fan of Bubba, and it's not because we're friends. It's because he's fucking good. Mm-hmm. And it's just some people throughout the business have had a – knock on him because he voices his opinion, as Jimmy would say. Guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. That guy would stand up to you and tell you the same thing in your face as he would talking to somebody else. He's not afraid of that. It's not that he's going to whip your ass, none of that stuff. He, But he's going to voice his opinion. He's done it to me. You know what I mean? I just think he's a great guy, and I love listening to Busted Open Radio because of him, and not just him, but, but, but he's a huge port of – of why I want to listen to it. Mm -hmm. I love Bubba. I think Bubba's a huge, huge, huge uh, help for Impact Wrestling right now. And I, you know, I wanted to touch on this earlier and I forgot, but Paul Heyman, the job that he is doing reminds me so much of Bubba because they get it. Mm -hmm. They get it. They truly get it. It's yeah. facial expressions. It's what they say. It's body emotions. I mean, it's just unreal. Uh, anyway, I, I'm acting like we're doing a podcast on bubble right now.
3: But fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, but, but it goes a, to show you. It, but it goes to show you. He's got, you hear it on Busted Open. You hear it when he's been on with us, Brian. He has the passion. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, you can tell that he, this is, wrestling is his baby. And, you know, mm-hmm. God forbid anybody messes with it. He's going to he's going to show you what <laughs> what's going to happen. But um, our next question comes from Tyler James. Um, he asks, who is on both of your referee Mount Rushmore's? Wow. Well, I, uh, I'll
2: go first. And it's 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 so tough. and I And I don't mean any disrespect to anybody that I leave off this list. But for me, like like I've said before, uh, Dave and Earl, 1A, 1B. So, But uh, definitely on that Mount Rushmore. I wish you can combine them both uh, so that I could add another name to it. But both Dave and Earl are on that list. Uh, Tommy Young for me, because I thought Tommy Young uh, was an amazing referee. And also, um, I got to go with Timmy White because he was a mentor to me that uh, – along with Dave and Earl. Those three guys mentored me like there was no tomorrow and, and meant the world to me. So for my personal Mount Rushmore, that's what it is.
1: And for me, my list is not much, much different. Obviously, uh, my dad, my uncle, Timmy uh, White, because of the support. And honestly, you know, I, I, it's really tough because can I add four? Can I say four? Yeah, not. I'm just sure. And I would honestly say it was it would be Mike Kyoto and, and Jimmy, and I'm not saying it because Jimmy's on my my panel here, but but Jimmy was a guy that actually, you know, really, really supported me when I was going through rough times with trying to fit in kind of thing. um and it was so appreciative, and we had so much in common and a lot in a lot of ways. And Yoda was a very kind person to me. We just had a rivalry that was a competitive rivalry. It wasn't a angry, I don't like you, and I don't like you. It was, a, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. You know what I mean? And then, of course, my dad and my uncle were, you know, just great referees. And, you know, you got to love them and love what they taught me. And then Tim White was my supporter. You know what I mean? So it's just, uh, it's a tough question to put, say, one person. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's my four. I don't know if that's too many, but that's, that's, that's me.
0: You um, and then his
2: last. I, I appreciate you, Brian, for for that. That means a lot, man.
1: No, no, dude. And I mean, and I mean it. I mean, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. The listeners <laughs> probably don't, but I was going through a lot of shit, man. A lot of shit, a lot of hate. Um, And then I, I, who did I have? And basically, honestly, it was you and Sparky and. Can't count Sparky because he was drunk half the fucking time or on pills. <laughs> so, you know, I don't even know if he was really hearing what I was saying, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> no comment.
1: But I want to I close it out with, uh, I want to close it out with one last question. One last question. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if we have more, uh, uh RJ, but we, we got, it. we got, we got a close shot. Yeah, you're yeah. good. But, uh, Jimmy, this is for us both. Uh, that was DM to me too. Um, uh, this is by Phil Jordan. Uh, it was, uh, is there a proper way to count or not count? Like, is there a defined no, no when counting?
2: For me, the defined no, no when counting is changing your cadence. Obviously you have to find a nice middle ground. You don't want to count too fast. You don't want to count too slow, but this whole idea of, of changing your cadence. Like I've, one of the things that drives me insane, especially now, It's easy to armchair quarterback nowadays, you know, watching it back. Uh, when, When there's a match on and you get these quick one, two kickouts, and then when somebody hits the finish, it's one, two, three. They slow down the count. For me, the cadence is the important thing that you have to do. If you want a false finish to work, if your cadence is the same throughout the entire match, that's what makes it people go, ooh, I thought that was it. If you yes. speed it up or slow it down, people have a, a sneaking suspicion that something else is coming. that there's more to this. Keep your cadence consistent. Make every count feel important.
1: I agree, Jimmy. And um, there's there's something I've been that drives me crazy. And it's the opposite of you. It's crazy that you just said what you said. That I've been working with Daniel Spencer. For a couple years, and something I get on him about all the time is he's got the slow one, and, and, and not a bad slow, just the normal one, two. But then when the finish comes, one, two, three, like really wow. quick. The other opposite, yeah. Right, exactly. And I can't stand that. And he knows that. And he's working on it. And he's like, like text me, did you watch that match? Did you watch the match? No, Daniel I didn't get to watch that match. I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> but but the but the thing is, the guy cares, so that's awesome. You know, I, I love Daniel, man. I, I he's under my under my learning tree, but um, I just think that Jimmy, you hit on it perfectly. It's about cadence. It's about staying the same. And when last week when we talked to Kyoto, I do the same thing he did. I'm Jimmy. I know you did too. Where there's if there's a quick roll up. You want to give a quicker one, two, because you want the people to buy into yeah. that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. But 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 throughout the rest of the match, it should be the same thing. The same thing. And finally, when your finish comes, it is that one, two, three. Not your mm-hmm. one, two, three. Or your one, two, three. And people are probably like, what, what's he even talking about? It's about the way the cadence is throughout the entire match. You train the audience to to believe what it is.
2: Yeah, and you also some of the boys because uh, there have been times where, hey, when he roll he, he hits me with this, gotta count a little faster. Yeah, you're like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I get I get, that I get a... it, but you know, they're, they're trying to protect
1: themselves, but they want us to do it for them.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly. Exacto <laughs> Mundo. Sounds about right. But on that lovely
2: note.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, Thank you everybody that uh, submitted questions. We do appreciate it. And obviously thank you to Scarlett Donovan for joining us to, uh, tonight, this episode, uh, guys, like I said, check out her, wherever she goes, she is going to be, I'm safe saying, I know she's going to be under the big light sometime very, very soon. Uh, you can hear the passion that she has, um, for the business. Um, Jimmy, obviously you've had, uh, This is your passion. It has always been your passion. How can people get a hold of you and check out your passion for this business?
2: No, absolutely. Like you can find me here uh, with you guys every week. You can find me on Monday nights and Wednesday nights on wrestling Inc uh, post raw and dynamite respectively. uh, Doing my uh, opinions with uh, Justin Labar and on Mondays with Jack Farmer and on Wednesday nights with Isa and from Monday to Friday, you can catch me on all my social media platforms doing my ref and rants where, I like I said, little critiques, not to tear down, but to help improve what we see, in my opinion. And that's what exactly what it is, is my opinion, in those reference and rants. And if everybody wants to reach out to me, you know where to find me on my social media platforms.
0: There you go. Ryan, what do you got? You got uh, same old, same old, right? I ain't got shit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. It sounds about right? <laughs>
1: It's at baby Hebner, Twitter and Instagram at baby Hebner. And, uh, you know, I I just want to close shop and just say, you know, I really do appreciate Scarlett coming on and thought she did a wonderful job. She sounded very, very intelligent and sounded very, very passionate. And you know what, if if you're a referee, listen to this, you, you better take notes on things and you better listen to things that Jimmy says, maybe some of the stuff I say, I don't know, but, uh, you know, it's, there, there, there's more to it than you think. So quit asking Jimmy and myself, what can I do? What can I do? There's a lot you can do. There's a lot you mm-hmm. can do. There's no easy way to do this.
2: And learn but- from everyone.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Be a
0: sponge.
1: Absolutely. and that And being a sponge is the most important thing in this business at all. I mean, it really, really is. But that's it, man. That's all I got.
0: Well, you know, and and something else has been very important are the two guys that are also a part of this team that you're not seeing, but you do hear and see all their work each and every week. Uh, First and foremost, Mr. J.D. Hoop, who does the amazing graphics for our show each and every week, uh, as well as Mr. A.J. McKay, who does the phenomenal uh, uh, intro, outro and segment uh, changing. Um, He's also doing a lot of stuff for OVW, doing a lot of commentary as well guys it's just it's a great team here i'm very fortunate to be a to be a part of everything that uh that we're doing here
2: yeah we're glad to have you my friend and glad to have uh, aj and uh, jds too they do a wonderful job uh, you all do and and proud to be a part of this
1: absolutely me too um i'm i'm, I'm very but very very blessed very very blessed i really am and uh i just think that it's it's exciting and we, we, we are busting our butts every week for you guys. And I just hope you really enjoy. And so happy, so happy, man. Yeah.
0: So, guys, definitely follow us across all your social medias at and Up on Instagram and Twitter. At Cat, or excuse me, castby.com slash and Up is our website. All our platforms, all our merchandise, all our great stuff is there. Next week, guys, make sure you follow us on social media because we will be announcing very soon. Who will be joining us next week, and who will be the topic next week as well? So make sure you follow right now, uh, because you're not going to want to miss it. I guarantee you that.
1: I agree with that. I agree with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Make this special announcement. I really can't. This is going to be huge, huge. Yep. And I'm really being yep. serious. This is this is not a. I don't want to keep burying them, but <laughs> this, this this is not a Tony Khan. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait for you to join. i got a big announcement. Note, this is
0: going to be big, and I'm not yeah. even kidding. It's going It'll to be, be big. Huge. It'll mm-hmm. be huge. But, guys, thank you for tuning in this week to roughing Up for Jimmy Kodaris and Brian Hemner. I am RJ. We'll see you next week right here on Roughing It Up. One, two, three.